It looks as if Lionel Messi is lying motionless midfield. They're bringing out the stretcher to remove his seemingly lifeless body from the field of play. A very somber tone is washed over the stadium and the world as we witness the biggest tragedy a sport can suffer. A player dying on the field of Wait, hold on a second. Messi is up and he's walking. He is dribbling the ball. He shoots. He scores! No! Pele was in a movie. I thought he was hurt for a second. I really did. I thought when he when the guy mm-hmm. tripped him, I thought he may have died. You know, when I have Facebook adventures, it's it goes a little something like that, where someone references victory <laughs> in their and I like the shit out of that comment. I'm like, I go like this. I go like this. I go like this. I go like this. Goal. That's Pele's big line. Yeah, in yeah. Now the opening that was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, right, singing. That the, was the, the reference. That was yeah, the reference. Got it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure I recognize the sound. What's going on in that opening? I was watching 24. <laughs> I was watching 24, which, by the way, is having a fantastic season. If you're a fan of the show at all, I'm behind. Ugh, this whole season is great. It's hit I Hulu. Saw the first season. Watch the whole son bitch. Um, and a guy was getting interrogated, and so Jack Bauer took his gun and he smacked his hand two or three times. They come running in with a stretcher. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and the magic magic sponge, and they later he's the, got oh, his he's arm fine. in a sling, you know. But it's like this, every, the, the stretcher. What is he a soccer player? <laughs> you know, not every you know time you get hurt re- requires a stretcher. Just so you know, <laughs> yeah. World Cupies. The joke is they could go all the way to a funeral, only to have him jump up. And score <laughs> and a goal, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, welcome to the uh, movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. What is the soup du jour? I believe it's the soup of the day. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> I'll have that. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast our uh, from our home away from home, which is actually part of my home, the Admirals Club. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. Basically, search uh, the movie guys anywhere you like on uh, Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! <laughs> oh god and we come right up <laughs> iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube <laughs> Stitcher and of course the movieguys.net absolutely free and we encourage you to subscribe where you can and if you do still no charge newly posted to the movieguys.net we're continuing to post our movie lists because that's what movie websites do so now you can find the greatest movies of all time part 2 horror films newly posted where Adam, myself and Matt Welton and Stephen Lewis posted our favorite horror film for each year we've been alive Yes, if anybody would like to play along at home. Do you have a favorite horror movie of all time? Um, I'm, uh, Silence of the Lambs? That's not really horror, though. I it's think more, so. It counts. Yeah. Well, you got to bend a it lot. It scared me. Yeah. It scared me. I think Alien's a horror movie. So, yeah. you know, Jaws, perhaps. Yeah. So you got to you bend so, the rules sure. sometimes. Sure. That's Take a good call. The best. Little Rascals? Little Rascals. Mm-hmm. Very scary. You're bending. Scary. You're bending. All right. Especially got if it. you're... Got it. Medea goes to jail. <laughs> Particularly... 
Also at themovieguys.net, we have a DVD review of Cheap Thrills and a new column uh, launched by former guest and friend of the show, Ray Scalacci, called Worth Reviving. <laughs> He's going to take a look at movies out there you should be getting on Blu-ray and DVD where instead of going to see some of the crap that's in theater. So this time uh, he, is, he is getting behind the movie called Beckett, which what's had 12 Oscar nominations, Peter O'Toole what? and Richard Burton. He's not bending it? And He's we don't just know it. Beckett? Just Beckett, oh, yes. Beckett. Enough with the bending. Enough with the bending. Uh, <laughs> you can the bending already. You can reference. also find our showcast like the one you're listening to <laughs> on a couple of internet radio stations as well, including WBAD.net Fridays at 4 Eastern and JonasMountRadio.com Thursdays at 6. So basically we're out there. I'm your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, and I'm here with Lee Caius and Adam Witt as ever. And joining us all show long is a Second City alumni with credits all over TV, including Arrested Development, all over TV, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Key and Peele, as well as one half of the improv show Delicious Moments. Ithmar Enriquez hey. is here, Hello, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. He's also thank the. Uh, do they? Do you? Do you get shit my pants? In the, uh, um, the Kmart commercial, so do people point while. at you and say "shit my pants"? They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't. I think uh, the employee gets lost in that a little bit. Okay. Uh, but when right. I, I remember when it first came out, I went to an audition and I heard the actors like inches away from me being like, "Have you guys seen that new Kmart commercial? It's going viral." Blah blah. blah. And I'm sitting right there. So uh, I'm like, ah, <laughs> they have no idea I'm in it. Well, that, so it okay. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> that is a great spot. That's funny. I'm sorry. I'm a latecomer. No, now. it's okay. I'm but a way homer. But it is funny because you're in that, and then like I remember when I worked at an ad firm with uh, Lee, and that got sent all around. Everybody, you got to see this. You right, got to see this. And yeah, it's just yeah. funny because it's like it's you. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did a Christmas one. Uh, this, Were you in the uh, big ass savings? I was not in the big ass savings. I was <laughs> just was I was just in ship my pants and ship my he- uh, pants uh, Christmas uh, <laughs> <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, Christmas special. Santa <laughs> likes to ship his pants. That's, yeah. So, all right. Well, together, uh, Ithmar, Lee, Adam, myself. Together we. Together we. Uh, <laughs> burn the village. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, rape the. Uh, <laughs> rape the horses. <laughs> and, and we. They rode off on the women. We rode off on the women. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Plundered. Plundered. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Pruned. The, uh, the hedges, hedges <laughs> of many small villages. Of many small villages. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Oh, the goddamn gringos. <laughs> uh, well, actually, no. That's what not are what amigos falling from the sky? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not what we're here for. Together, we will fill you in on what's opening this weekend. And there's really only one film people are talking about. Whereas previous Apes movies dealt with a whole planet, this film deals with just one named Dawn. Oh. Apparently. Huh? Let's find out. <laughs> I, I, see what he did there? Mm-hmm. I know why you're scared. He shows a lot of this at the mark. You'll catch up. You'll catch up. That's... Fighting that virus. <laughs> but we are survivors. It was a virus created by scientists in a lab. You can't blame the apes. Who the hell else am I going to blame? Oh, Dawn of the Planet. Gotta blame somebody for my troubles. If you catch a reference, Ithamar, it's traditional on the show to blow a party horn and point at the person who made it and say, reference! Got it. Do you have your party horn? <laughs> I do. do we yeah, I do. I do. Okay, I have right okay here. good. Uh, you can't blame the apes has got to be on the poster, right? It's just like, that's got to be, you can't blame the apes. It's hard to say, actually. That was a great uh, finale to the, the rise of the planet of the apes, watching the virus spread around the country, and that you know everybody's cool. fucked. That was so cool. Speaking of uh, Arrested Development, because mm-hmm. that was a great show that used its... It's in between moments to to further the plot. So the next next show you 
you're up to speed with whatever happened in the like the cre- end credits right. of that oh, show. Oh yeah, there would there would be. I mean, uh, Buster, he lost his Buster hand. Lost his yeah, hand. That's one of the biggest plot points there is in a right. post credit thing. Yeah, that's yeah. going to haunt him for the rest of the show. Right. Well, the Planet exactly. of the Apes did the same thing. Happened I'm off yep. cameras. I thought this is great. I know yeah, exactly during the credits exactly what to expect <laughs> next time. Therefore, I'm going to say that I'm in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. There you go. There, there you go. go. So nice association. We have a great guest. Nice. <laughs> this is I can talk all about it. I was in it, guys. You're in everything. This today was referred to by another critic as the Dark Knight of a planned. Apes trilogy, wow. and I think last week I said it, that a critic had referred to it as the Empire Strikes Back of an Apes trilogy. So, oh, high praise for Dawn of the Planet of the Dark Apes. N- I thought that he was being metaphoric, like a dark night. Like this is a really bad time. <laughs> I thought that no. he was saying this is a dark night for Planet of the Apes. It was a you great time. <laughs> you didn't catch the K at the top of that. I did not. The K was silent. Yes, Paul. And it's not, not just because they added Gary Oldman. It's it's uh yeah. This is. Uh, I'm so happy Andrew Dwitt's laugh is now with us in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime something shits the bed, it's there for us. Yeah, if we want it. You got that on speed dial there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this movie. The next tentpole blockbuster to thrill audiences this summer features monkeys carrying guns. No, it's not the concealed carry protests. It's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Let's uh, give it the old once-over, Lee. Back in history, before time began, all the real cool cats had a solid plan. When they dug a new they all to a man went. Ape call, Ape call, Yes, it's time for more ape adventures. There have been in total nine Planet of the Apes movies. I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, Are you sure there haven't been 11? No, there's only nine. Well, you're probably counting your Planet of the Apes lunchbox and thermos. Oh, that's right. They they did make lunchtime an adventure. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the sequel to 2011's pre-boot Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Now, if you're confused about which is which, here's an easy way to tell them apart. In Rise of the Planet of the Apes, we witnessed the dawn of intelligent apes. Whereas in this movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, we the apes actually rise up against humans. <laughs> but at least all these titles agree that this happens on a planet. <laughs> now, apes and humans live life separate from each other. One group, affluent and wealthy. The other, living without modern conveniences, money, or a livable wage. <laughs> but enough about Detroit. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes continues the story of Caesar, the first intelligent ape from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, who found his humanity the way the rest of us have. Through, the, through a love of James Franco. <laughs> now Franco-less, Caesar exists as the only human envoy between the apes and humans. The fragile peace between the apes is broken, which starts a war, the way most wars are started, when a white guy fucks it all up by killing the Archduke Franz Ferdinand of monkeys. But humans being shitheads is the ten-point rail in skee-ball. <laughs> Luckily, like the last <laughs> apes movie, this one is a little deeper than... That analogy, as it presents doves and hawks amongst the monkeys, as the man apes or baboomans and guy pansies also can't agree on whether they should pass healthcare reform and/or trust the human people. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the sequel to 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was the reboot of the franchise Planet of the Apes. The original franchise consisted of the Beneath the, Escape from, Conquest of, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Now, there was a 2001 remake, Planet of the Apes, but that movie was so bad that it doesn't even show up on Mark Wahlberg's IMDb page. Wait, sorry. I'm sorry, that, that was The Happening. No, the Happening doesn't show up on his yeah. The apes prove uh, to be more than a formidable adversary because what they lack in weaponry, they make up for in pure toughness. You know the scary thing about them? 
Lights, heat, nothing. That's the advantage. That's what makes them stronger. Wait a second, that sounds a little familiar. Where have I heard this before? Man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things and to make a billy goat puke. Ah, <laughs> uh, so this bunch of primitive Rambos finds itself at war with mankind in a battle that could be the death of man and monkey alike. Ooh, man and monkey. That's a Rob Schneider movie, isn't it? I don't think so. Well, if it was, I'd see it. Oh, and spoiler alert, they discover a half-buried Statue of Liberty in the sand, revealing the fact that this whole movie takes place in Las Vegas. Come to Caesar's Palace. Gamble. <laughs> Slots. Drinks free. And in this movie, the monkeys shoot guns. Finally, a movie the NRA and Jane Goodall can agree on. Monkey shooting guns. What is this? A movie about the... Easy there. Not, not sure there's a group out there today that we can safely call a bunch of monkeys without suffering some politically correct backlash. Not even Congress? I stand corrected. Grandpa Caius! Right, look, it's no surprise that a series that started with Charlton Heston now features monkeys with guns. <laughs> Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! There you go, that's the end. Uh, going to the Planet of the Apes! This movie got, uh, this this preview got very Bloom County. Not even Congress? That just feels like, <laughs> like a Doonesbury. <laughs> that's a pretty Doonesbury move. <laughs> well, we've had ones that went Andy Cap. remember that? That was crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm drunk so, again. Only what was the time. dog cartoon that was horrible? Wilfred, no, the little... Uh, he had a, a there was a dog and they Dogbert? Oh, dog. peanuts. That was peanuts. <laughs> yeah, that right. was shit, Lee. That was peanuts. <laughs> no, there was one where there was it was just the worst, least funny. Oh, cartoon. Marmaduke? Oh, Family Circus. <laughs> yeah, Family Circus. That's not what it was. Funny. You know, probably still in the paper if we open it up right now. Yeah. That and Beetle Bailey's High and Lois still there, I bet you. Yeah. I think it was like a British import. And it was a wiener dog. Do you remember Henry, the kid with no mouth? No, no. It was yes. like silent. He was yeah. bald too. It was back when like, like in high school. No, that, was that is in papers. So like the seventies. Yeah, he's like in high school and he's bald. And he's wearing like a sailor outfit. Jamie, really? are you on this? Yep. Thank you. Hey, you'll never find it's it. It's Will Willard or Wilfred or <clears throat> you got it. Is it Wilfred the one with the? Uh, it's the TV show with the it's dog. Wally the Wiener Dog. No, it's not. Well, um, that's what it says. I want to no. read Wally the Wiener Dog right and now. It's though. always right. Damn it. <laughs> the phone is always right. The Don't internet. argue with the phone. The internet knows more than us. <laughs> I think that's true. Right. Wally the Wiener Dog. It was so this is the 11th Wally the Wiener Dog movie, right? <laughs> yes. No, I'm just counting How quickly we're in a Wally mm -hmm. the Wiener Dog. This is how we talk about movies, Ithor. Got it. I love just, it. Right into Sunday it. comics. We're, it always goes into we're, Sunday comics. We were having a discussion beforehand. I didn't know the lunchbox re reference made it into the script, but we were talking about metal lunchboxes. Yes. Before, and you had a Planet of the Apes lunchbox? I had a Planet of the Apes lunchbox. I had the metal one, and we were talking about how the metal ones were far better than the plastic mm -hmm. shitty ones that came out later on. Right. Like, when I was in the eighth grade, we all took lunchboxes to the eighth grade, right? Anyway, when I was sure. in the eighth grade, no, <laughs> the plastic <laughs> ones came out. But the metal ones had the imprint, and they had yeah, they a, were stamped. They're metal. Yeah, stamped. stamped. I had super friends, and they had a metal hook on the inside that yep. that mm -hmm. that held the thermos in place. And they were like easily they like would rust really oh, easily. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> the drink from the thermos would just. And then invari invariably they'd become your 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 tackle box for your fishing or your yep. crayons or your figures weed. in that sucker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What was it? <laughs> Put some action figures in that oh, sucker. Absolutely. Take it to the playground. Yeah. Fill they it were, with dirt. They were a, <laughs> they were a weapon, a stepping sure. stool. They yeah. were so. I think mine was a hand me down. My brother had the same what, red, black, and yellow striped boys. one. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, but over his stickers, I would put my Star Wars in the... Yeah. And invariably, the hook would break, and the thermos would squish your peanut butter and jelly, and... It's such a, a great little latchy hook, though. I always love that little. It's all metal. And Which it doesn't, it doesn't make sense either because if you lived in a very hot climate, too, and you're outside, that thing's going to burn oh, your yeah. leg. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. It's not practical. Yeah. We'd yeah. sit on them. We'd stand <laughs> yeah. on them. We'd chuck them at our I feel like sister. I, I, I probably had a WWF one at some point, oh, either geez. plastic or non. That sounds like it had to but be plastic. Yeah, I think maybe it was plastic. Unless it was the Georgia Wrestling League. No, it was definitely like <laughs> Hogan 80s. I was so going to say, who were who your guys? Those yeah. Hogan, I was never a Hogan fan. No, no, I no. was always anti-Hogan. Yeah, even when he was Hollywood Hulk. Yeah, I I tend to like, and this is also in movies too. When I was a kid, I always liked the 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 characters that not everyone liked for whatever reason. I think I didn't like them because everyone liked mm. them. Yeah. So like, I never liked rebellion. Hogan. So I liked the guy that was like right under Hogan, whoever that like was. King Kong Bundy. Yeah, but even like <laughs> the good guys, you know, oh, back oh, then, okay. or like you know Macho Man or Jake the Snake or something. Yeah. Um, Corporal Kirsch. Steve Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Steve Lombardi. Steve <laughs> Lombardi would come out and lose. Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> I remember uh, my friend Joel back in high school was the hugest U2 fan. And then Did Joshua you the Tree U2 came lunchbox? out. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Joshua Tree came out, and everybody loved it. And he was all like, no, everybody <laughs> likes oh, him. Yeah. It's not as cool. He's yeah. all, he was so pissed. Sunday Bloody Sunday. You guys don't yeah, understand. Really. Joshua Boy Tree. was a great album. That's a great album. Boy, October's a great album. You guys are all jerks. I've said it before. I'm a greatest hits kind of guy. Yeah. I don't need I'll your B-side. I'll yeah. go greatest hits. I, I don't need your B-side. You just send me the compilation when you're done with your career. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. Some free advice for a new band out there. Name yeah. your first album greatest hits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You've always said I'm a greatest hits guy. I'm, I'm the opposite. Like I'm the guy that's like, God, I wonder what the, the song before and after... Like uh, I don't know, little shuffle. I don't know, <laughs> like, right. you know. And they're never good. That's never. Yeah, I trust good. that I, Sony yeah. knows what I'm going to like. Yeah. If those two were any good, they would have released that for the single, but they didn't. You know, Umbop is what made it. So. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you bought it, especially like a cassette single, you knew that the B track was going to be just crap. <laughs> oh. It was just going to be. T- it was either going to be the <laughs> instrumental version of <laughs> of the of the single you bought, or it would just be terrible. Or just the one they're pushing. They're yeah. like, oh come on, you like this too. You right. like this too. I remember right. the opposite of like Ice Ice Baby was just some weird like reggae rap or right. something on this on the single. I was going to say, were they called Casingles? Casingles. I had so many, and it makes no sense. Like you're just listening to a song. Press and rewind, and playing it again. It just makes no sense to have one because you wouldn't listen to the other side. It just wasn't I worth guess. listening to. Yeah, I guess because you know that was before iTunes, so it's not you, you couldn't preview anything. You had to just jump faithfully and buy an album. And be like, well, hope it works out. Isn't that amazing? How like singles have been like rejuvenated with iTunes. It's yeah. like just okay to buy a single. Yeah. You don't have to get a second song at right. all. Yeah, you can just listen you can just to that one over and want. over and over. Yep. I yeah. had phases. Like when I was in my metal phase, I would just go in and whatever was metal, I bought it. Now, are you yeah. talking about your metal phase lunchbox or metal phase metal phase music? music. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. I had both. Yeah, I had both. Uh, yeah, so I walk in triumph. All right, yeah, sure. Jafria, done. You know, whatever. <laughs> striper. Yeah, lunchbox. striper. Got it. It's it was metal. It was it was going. I was going home with me. Oh God. I had the so Planet dis- of the Apes. Um. Yeah. Now, <laughs> well, this ties in this, to the greatest record store of all time. Amoeba Records yes, for Adam uh, today. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I am showing off here for those of you who, who would go to the YouTube to just see me holding the box set of all five. <laughs> but yes, I'm uh, as we've said before on the show, one thing that drives me as a human being is I will see anything that there's four of. So like a movie I didn't really, really give a crap about, like Twilight. Once there's four of them, I rent them all and I'll watch them all. Did you make good on that yet? Have you done that yet? Yeah, I made it through. But then but then the fifth one came out and I didn't watch that. Oh, so yeah. anyway. So but, anything, really? Yeah, anything there's... Land any- Before Time? 
No, like the cartoons that I, they make, like, like ten of those. <laughs> they make like it's like Aladdin and then like four other weird yeah knockoffs. Some of them I've, Hellraiser. I've only been through two of those. Uh, right, yeah, so, right, but right. but but it definitely interests me more. And so I've always Planet of the Apes has always been interesting because there's always been five in my lifetime of them. Like I don't remember any of these ever coming out in the theater. But yeah. Uh, but yes, there are these. This is the original five, and I had a little time before I came to the show tonight, so I stopped by Amoeba. And that is the most magical place ever. Oh, it really is. Because uh, Amoeba is, for, for any of you who remember going to record stores in, say, the 80s or 90s, before they were forever gone, that experience still exists as if a theme park ride here in Los Angeles <laughs> if you go to Amoeba Records. And I'm unboxing. Ooh, you can smell the ape. <laughs> All five on Blu-ray of Planet the Planet of the Apes. I'm going to pass them around here. Go ahead. There's Battle oh, for oh, You, Conquest oh, for You, Escape for oh, the Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. All oh, your Christmas shopping is Look done. Look at this. With it. But, uh, yeah, so I – and it's a magical place, too. I went in there, and I was like, do you guys have a Planet, the original Planet of the Apes? And she just puts this box set in my hands, and I just turned and walked so swiftly to that counter. Now this 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 has an isolated score track. Is yeah, that, is these that, all do. Is that worth it with these movies to just watch it with just the score? I would. I like movie really? scores. I like movie scores. You would watch the entire movie with just the score. Well, that would be the sort of thing you'd put on while you're just sort of puttering around the house, you know, and you would just have the music on. Got it. Because it comes through a nice stereo now. Everybody sure. has these nice stereos hooked up to their Blu-ray players and everything. Cool. So yeah. So before I go see, uh, and also I'm a big fan of the ramp up. So I'll watch a bunch of movies before like I this. go. So before I go see, oh look, we're making a house a little of jenga, cards. Little jenga action. <laughs> Can I make the top? Yeah. House of ape. I don't dare miss. Oh, you're not gonna go for the top. I'm gonna go for the top here. Let's see. Oh look at that. We have a little we planet of the apes house. We, we all made a win. planet. We all win. <laughs> we made a planet. planet. We all won. Planet of the planet of the apes Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll see this. I'm excited. I was I was confused. Well, that's a statement we could repeat a lot. But I was confused when this came out because... I'm going to cart that. Yes. Speaking of 80s and 90s references. <laughs> uh, it really felt like there was something between the last one and this one. Between the one with James Well, there's Franco. 10 years in between them. Between, that, that might be it. Between Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but I felt like there was a, at least three other Planet of the Apes movies between yeah. then. No, it's... Nope. Just Wait, was the James Franco one made ten years ago? Yeah. Did I age no, no. that quickly? No, that that <laughs> one was two thousand seven. No, that's your time in the, in the story. Two or three no, no, years no, no, no. ago, I think. Yeah, right? two thousand seven, yeah, yeah. two thousand eight, two thousand eleven. As I read in the script and wrote, um, <laughs> <laughs> wrote and, and read both. <laughs> wrote and read both. <laughs> I, I get confused. See if I had that carded. But it felt like there was something. There should have been one in between this one and that one, but there isn't. And I'm glad because yeah, now, no, now they, I'm up to speed. They jump in. Now let me ask you guys a question. Like especially when the when the Franco version came out. People were talking about, and I forget his name, but the guy who the guy who plays Caesar, who played Gollum, who played Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah they're Andy talking Serkis. about him being considered for awards. Yeah. What What are you guys? What are your? What I have your, a problem with that. You so you don't think he should be considered? I just don't know if I, I really would like to see the difference because people say you got to get Andy Circus. If you want motion capture, you got to get Andy Circus. Rise think, of the Silver Surfer. Rent it and watch the performance. Is, that's what I want to see. That's yeah. Doug, Doug Jones, right? Yeah. Not as good? Well, because no, he's got... He, really. Doug it's Jones put all his ping pong balls on the left side of his body. That was gotcha. the problem. I was going to say, do you think... Amateur move. Do you think Andy Serkis now has his own... 
ping pong ball. He has his own ping pong. It's like a very expensive (laughs) ping pong ball outfit that he'll use. Like the guys that would crack open their own cue at the pool hall. It's all of a sudden he's like, he takes out each ping pong ball and like slowly, delicately places them on the. And his are much more silky and they're kind of, they just stick better and you know. As he does that, everyone else just leaves slowly. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't even. I know. Speaking of pool, real quick, um, my dad gave me some advice about pool halls. He said, you know, when you go to pool hall, always be leery of the guy who brings his own stick. Um, but never, ever play the guy who brings his own balls. Mm. And always that. be leery of the <laughs> of the movie extra who brings his own chair. <laughs> just saying that. <laughs> I want to see what, the, what will happen if you write a movie where you have to CGI a character who's wearing a green suit with ping pong balls. <laughs> I just want to see how that, how, in post, how do they cover that over the person playing... You yeah. know, the first legitimate talk about, <laughs> about that type of Oscar nomination was Robin Williams in Aladdin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were th- saying he should get an Oscar nomination just for voicing the genie. He yeah. was nominated, wasn't he? He was not. He was not that, nominated. That, Maybe Golden Globe. We've done kids. We've but, done uh, you know, old people. Yeah. Haven't done people who aren't there on screen But yet. I also have haven't a problem. Haven't done that. Ithamar, I also have a problem with um, Jamie Foxx winning an Oscar for impersonating Ray Charles, much as I would have had the problem with if Jim Carrey had won for impersonating... Andy Kaufman. It's an impersonation. As an actor, you need to bring a character to life that doesn't exist. Hmm. Otherwise, you're just That's doing a really good. Well, has an impersonator ever won an Oscar or been Well, Jamie Jamie Fox won Jamie for Best Fox Actor. Oh, for he Ray. won for that for Ray. Oh. I what? would argue that Leonardo DiCaprio should have won for The Aviator if, because if that's allowed now, yes, absolutely. Because I mean, he's not an entertainment figure. He's but who knows what right? Howard Hughes was like? Well, just Howard because. Hughes. Well, here's a theory, and it, it's and I will. This is not my theory. This is Siskel and Ebert's. Um, Back when Dustin Hoffman won for Rain Man, it's a great win. It's a fantastic character. It's brilliant commitment. But they said that Oscar should have gone to Gene Hackman in Mississippi Burning because Hoffman He's hit that Gene note. Fucking and Hackman. Yeah, right. That's why. Yeah, because uh, he can't <laughs> give him too many. Hoffman found that note and he nailed it. But they said Hackman had to be a hundred different things to a hundred different people. He had to act one way to the shit kickers in town. He had to act tender yeah. and gentle with the sheriff's wife. He had to bully the sheriff around. He had to act a different way towards Willem Dafoe and his partner and keep him in line. So he had to be all these different things and just found that a more nuanced performance than Hoffman's. Same thing, 2004 or three, whenever it was. Jamie Foxx does a great Ray impersonation, but, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's got to be one way with Catherine Hepburn and her crazy family. He's got to talk this way to the people he's working oh, with. Yeah. He's making a movie that's a whole different thing. He's got his disease that he's dealing with. He's got his family he's dealing with. He's got Congress that he's it's dealing five with. five different performances And it's all these one. different things. Yeah, See, that, that, I, that it's yeah. a little more textured, but I thought. I also think there's a difference between an impression and... Like bringing the person to life. Like I think, Jamie. I think Jamie Fox brought <coughs> Ray Charles to life. Whereas, Rich Little, for those of you in your twenties, <laughs> for those of you in your twenties, uh, you wouldn't say he was a good actor. You would say, oh yeah, he knows how to sound like Johnny Carson. Another reference for you in your twenties. Yeah. Until you 20s. see Rich Little live at the Riviera, which I did two years ago. You don't know how good an actor All right. is. Same thing, Silver Surfer, Rich Little. Johnny Carson, for you kids uh, in your 20s, uh, he's why we were pissing and moaning about Jay Leno all these years. I love that so far references have been the old school lunchbox. These Planet of the Apes. It's Johnny Carson and Rich Little. Kids in your 20s, the Riviera, if you turn around when you're on the strip and head north. Down an alley. It's where. It's next to where the sands used to be. Behind the dumpster. Paul, this is a good t- uh, uh, opportunity to talk about your laptop that you have today uh, right? as well. Yeah. You're, you're, you're witnessing an iBook if you're watching Callback. YouTube because Karen Dude, took her computer. I think. 
Oh my god. This is why. Yeah, this is why these. But my argument is that if you have source material like a Ray or like an Andy Kaufman or even a Howard Hughes, it, it feels like as an actor, your job's a little bit easier. Instead of creating a character out of whole cloth and giving that thing life. So Caesar, the ape, doesn't exist in any form. He's only given a personality by the performance of Andy Serkis, you know. But that performance is also Damn, my own argument used against me. But that, <laughs> but that performance is also helped by computers and animation. Well, yes, he looks much more like an ape. It's because not just like, you know. <laughs> well, it's no different than when they add the twinkle to Tom Cruise's eye. It's just, you know, a little polish and shine in post. He, he was the best actor in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, though. And that's no slight against the chick. Yeah, but he's Frito, against James Frito, 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 so, you know, that's not that fair. Yeah. But Lithgow was good in that movie, and the chick from Slumdog Millionaire was like good. being the tallest man in a room full of midgets. Yeah, he was he was <laughs> yeah. the best actor in that movie. But Caesar was, I mean, the whole movie hinged on his emotions. <laughs> they just did, and he I was agree. great. I agree. Is anybody else's brain still cruising on Ithamar's, how do you, what does the person wear if the CGI version of him is going to be a green suit <laughs> with balls think, on I think it? you got to write that script and see what happens. <laughs> what does he wear so that you can then put that on top of it? It's, just, it's just eyeballs <laughs> running around a screen. Or they're like, like, for this one, just wear what you got. Just <laughs> <laughs> he came in shorts and a t-shirt. You're good. You're good. We're going to CGI some balls in a green suit on top of that. Yeah, the Andy Circus documentary, everywhere he goes, is there just like crazy video all over his body? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it's like the weatherman that wandered off set in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, speaking of Andy Circus, anybody here ever see 24-Hour Party People? Yes. That's a great movie. That's really good. He's he's play, I mean, he's a not he's not a CGI creation in that movie. Although although someone did say something like that is you know, even with all the CGI characters, that is still his craziest creation is the character in 24-Hour Party Am People. I getting the, is that Steve Coogan? That is Steve Coogan, okay, and yeah, that is the creation of the band, uh, let's see, Happy Mondays, and uh, who was it Joy before Division? that? Joy Division. Ooh. Was it Joy Division? Yeah. I think it was Joy Division. Yeah, it was Joy Division. It was great. Really good. If you like music. And yeah, you like I've Joy always Division. wanted to see that movie. Is that the one that has uh, Macaulay Culkin in it, too? And that's Party Monster. Thank Party you. Monster. Okay. Yeah. Man. We don't have to go to Jamie on that. <laughs> has, Jamie's always there with the has, credits. Has anybody had a Culkin sighting in Hollywood? I had one. No. Not looking good. Down there. <laughs> Are you sure it was him? Yeah. No, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are there four Home the Alones? Do you own those? Are there four? Ah, there might be four. Oh, okay, there three. For sure. There might be a fourth. No, there's I a fourth. I feel like there, there might is. be a fourth. I think uh, there's a fourth. Like the third one doesn't have him right. or the crooks in it. Right. Just a whole different bunch of people. Yeah. I think the fourth <laughs> one is a monkey staying at a hotel. No, it's Dunstan Chuck. It just became anytime people were caught in something and other people were harassing them, you just call that home. It's alone. always great get to cracking. also to also see like in those sequels the poor man's version of the actor they couldn't get. Like oh, the yeah. like the poor man's version of a Joe Pesci, the poor man's version of uh Aren't these full of Hestons? These movies <laughs> Fake Heston? <laughs> fake Heston. Yeah. Fake Heston? Right, Stones. Right. Actually, right. I had a great discussion about this recently. How fascinating is it? And I, I don't know how this came up, but for, oh well Jim Carrey's gonna be a dumb and dumber too. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be the first time well first time since Ace Ventura 2 that he sequeled himself but the sixth sequel of a Jim Carrey movies you know that's come out so like he didn't do the third Ace Ventura is like some kid oh that's right the, the sequel to The Mask is Jamie, Jamie Kennedy all oh, right yeah. uh, um, Bruce Almighty was oh, and Evan then even, Almighty even yep. dumb, yeah and Evan Almighty and then du- and Dumb and Dumber was originally sequeled uh, Dumb and Dumberer with, with that's right and, and, and so it's like what a fascinating thing like that is the last actor you want to try and follow, mm-hmm. and yet followed he was yeah. by people you can't even name except Jamie Kennedy. Right. And why name Jamie Because <laughs> they <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why? Because I was hanging out we at the uh, House of Pie 
and Jamie Kennedy pulled up in a Bentley Continental GT. Jesus. Were you, did, did He's you, got Mass 2 money. You get, yeah. yeah, that's all <laughs> Mass 2. Mass 2 paid for that car. Saw the mask. Yep. That's why you mentioned Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. And, right. and House of Pie. Oh. And with that, with that <laughs> the, house of the House of Planet of the Apes falls. <laughs> More than an omen, I think. Well, listen, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes brings up the question of how plausible it is for apes to evolve into humans so quickly. Right? I mean, this happens very quick in the film. So to discuss this, we're going to dispense with our movie guys uh, for a moment and bring on a panel of real experts. So, all right. Hey, guys. Welcome in here. Uh, welcome. Thanks hello, for coming. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. I'm yes, just going to yes, sit yes. down over yeah. here. All right. Let's, uh, start, I'm now a new person. Let's start up a yes. talk show. Here we go. <laughs> hello, fellow new people. Hi. Uh, to my left, I have Arthur Schmidt, professor mm -hmm. of simian biology with MIT. Mm -hmm. How are you, mm -hmm. sir? Next to him, I welcome Nicholas Verveer. Paul, Paul, that's pronounced Verveer. Verveer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Doctor of Brain Pathology at the Mayo Clinic. And uh, also to discuss this, we have Mike, a guy who's seen all eight previous Planet of the Apes that's movies. That's pronounced. Oh, no, you got it. It was right. right. You got it. You got it. <laughs> now, thank you all for coming. Uh, the big question is, can the simian brain make the leap as shown in the Planet of the Apes franchise? Well, Paul... Let's start with Mike. Oh. What evidence is there to support this? Uh, uh, thanks, Paul. Well, you know, at the end of Escape from the Planet of the Apes, the ape offspring of Zira and Cornelius are left in the hands of a circus run by Ricardo Mantalban. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the ape speaks. Many have argued that that's not direct evidence of rapid evolution, but rather the product of being born of two already evolved apes who came to Earth by time warp, caused by the explosion of Earth in the future. Mm -hmm. But I feel the argument doesn't mm -hmm. give sufficient weight to the ape's background as a performer in the circus. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nicholas, what? what's your feeling on circus culture as being an essential element to human brain function? Well, it's absurd. I, I, I have no idea why you're taking any of this seriously, Paul. Yeah. I'm just trying to check out all angles on the topic. Okay, well, the human brain function evolved over thousands of years, and sure, apes' brains are similar to humans, but being part of a circus is really no way to learn human behavior. As a matter of fact, it's probably the very opposite. Why are you taking any of this seriously? I was told I would be on a panel to discuss legitimate scientific concerns. Oh, see, Arthur, okay, now are you saying that contact with humans is not essential in the development from apes to human apes? I'm saying this is absurd. Strong words. Mike, is this an absurd proposition? I, I understand the scientific community has balked the likelihood of two human apes entering our time stream because of a planetary explosion. Balked at? How about never talked about? But, Arthur, the idea of a viral outbreak is very real. And if a catastrophic event like the outbreak that kills only house pets in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes were to happen, then the natural next choice for a pet would be the ape, which would lead to them performing maid duties and delivering the mail, as shown in the epic 1972 film. I've had enough of this. Humans can't just make an instant leap into becoming apes. It's as silly as the dumb sci-fi movies you're talking about. Yes, but, Arthur... In battle for the planet of the apes, I clearly you're. I can't believe this man on as a guest with us, and and if you are entertaining this yammering for one more minute, well then I will just. Well, well, there he goes. <laughs> he knows how to close the door. Well, join us next week when our guest will be a CIA terrorism specialist, an NSA communications expert, and someone who's seen all four Mission Impossible movies. Thanks for watching! Mm, I'm gonna get up now. You know, Mike, you were making some sense at the end of that there. You, you, Thank you. Thank but, you. Uh, so that guy evolved very rapidly. Into an ape. Yeah. What, what did yeah. Andrew DeWitt think of that sketch? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
So that's the end. Now, Adam is claiming that this is the end of summer. We got a whole oh, other yes. month and a half left, but somehow, uh, or more, but somehow with Planet of the Apes, Well, I've already done. seen uh, Back to School commercials, so Adam, you might be right. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't it seem like it's kind of, well, like, because next week, okay, next uh, we have Dawn of the Planet of the Apes this week. Guardians. Oh, yeah. Guardians. Guardians of, of the, the galaxy. galaxy. Okay, okay, but but that's that that's kind of kind of weird. I would say yes, but it's weird. Marvel has kind of kept themselves out of the summer. The, 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 I don't know. I don't know if the summer began with Captain America. It was merely in April and a big movie and a Captain America movie. So I think Guardians is still kind of an August movie. All right, that throws a little monkey wrench in the work, and so does Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But what is the deal with the next like two weeks? They're just like yeah. I mean, they might expect big things out of Lucy. Maybe sex tape. Yeah, I mean, it's a step up know, movie. Is, is Lucy yeah. is step up one of your big summer yeah, movies? No, not a big summer movie. No, I don't know. It just seems like as of July Fourth now, and, and and you know what? Maybe it's true. Maybe maybe April was the beginning of summer with Captain America, and now they just burned its engines out. There's no reason to put that much effort into it after July Fourth. Yeah, there's no Godzilla coming out. There's no more X Men. There's yeah. no more big tentpole stuff. Yeah, it's anyway. all because of global warming. <laughs> I blame the no one knows where summer is anymore. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, what that's it a is. good theory, actually. That's, that's what, yeah. I blame the lingering effects of 9/11. <laughs> or that. It's always one of the two. I've got some lingering effects in my. You can always go back to that. Can't yeah, you? I love the lingering effects of 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the, with that being the first week in uh, in July, let's uh, do a little something called the halfway through the year in review. Oh, oh, oh good. We are doing that. I didn't know nice. if you were. I didn't see it on this. Yeah, oh, no, let's okay. talk about it. I have no theme, but uh, you know. It's <laughs> a great theme, uh, but we can talk about our best and worst of the year so far. Great, um, best and worst. Of the we're about well, halfway I'm, through. I'm, I'm. Even though I haven't seen it, I'm sure Grand Budapest is the best. Um, but uh, <laughs> the best I've seen, actually, uh, I would have to say is Locke that we saw at the. Oh Phoenix wow! Yeah, I gotta yeah. see this movie. That movie has worked Tom on me. Tom Hardy continues to work. You heard on of this? At the mm -mm. It's Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Period. That's it. Right. That's it. Making making really? calls and like there's a suspense and stuff uh, wow. to it and yeah handling his really crazy life yeah on speakerphone yeah crazy I guess there's cameras all over the car how many cameras were in the car like to who knows yeah, yeah I don't know wow Stephen Knight the guy who wrote Eastern Promises wrote and directed it oh, wow. so you know he's he's good but um, I mean you got my attention with a concept like that sure like even a single location movie like I remember Richard Linklater's tape was just Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke and uh, Somebody else. Robert Sean Leonard. Robert Sean Leonard. Yeah. yeah. It's a great one to say somebody else. I feel like I've said somebody <laughs> else a lot of times to Robert Sean Leonard. <laughs> and then someone said Robert Sean Leonard. I know. But, uh, you know, I just I like those closed location movies. So <laughs> well, I speaking about totally that, we actually it. had the Reservoir chance. And somebody else, Christian Slater. Yeah, right. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, but speaking about the smallness of that movie, we, we actually spoke to um, the director um, of Locke. Stephen Knight. Stephen, I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Knight. <laughs> Stephen Knight, and he and we asked him how Shumla. he came up with the idea, and he he said Stephen Knight. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the twist. Uh, poor bastard. That's the twist. <laughs> At the end, he says, "I'm not who you think I am." <laughs> that's the twist on his last name. Uh -huh. <laughs> Small Indian guy. No, but we asked him how he came up with the idea, and he went into this kind of long explanation of how making movies is really, really hard and arduous, and it takes a year, and there's a lot of work. And he said, so I just wanted to come up with a way to make a really easy movie. Yeah. He said, put a guy in a, car, in a car, put 12 cameras on the car, and roll him down the street 12 times, and you're done. Wow. 
Wow. And as ever, Hardy's completely different than the last time you saw him. I can't. On the phone, he's talking like this. He's talking to everyone. Not this time. I've, I've got a bit of trouble. I've got to deal with here. You know? And yeah, where'd the accent come where, from? He was Bane two seconds mm-hmm. ago, and then he's yeah. been you know, Star Trek nemesis or reckless or whatever with his throat Bronson? cut open. Talk. Wasn't he Bronson? He's different in everything. He's crazy. What's your favorite movie so far, uh, Damar? I have two. One of them was Grand Budapest, which I really, really enjoyed. See, I knew I was right. So I knew I was right. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed the Lego movie. I so surpri- oh, it was a God, huge. It was a huge surprise. I kind of went in thinking like, eh, I don't know. And it was really, I really enjoyed it. It legitimately made me laugh. It was fun to watch. And uh, I think compared to everything else, that's so far, at least for me, it's. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I concur. Yeah. yeah, I looked back and I said Edge of Tomorrow is great, um, but Lego Movie has a little bit more satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that movie is crazy creative. That movie is out of hand creative. Like everything they choose well, to do in the Lego Movie is just a great choice. Like, it, they it nailed really everything. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, "How can this can't be a movie? Yeah. This can't be trashy Come Lego." On. And then it started getting all this this <laughs> hype. And I was like, "Ah, all right, I'll give it a shot." And I mean, I was I left with a huge smile on my face. It was so entertaining. Yeah, I'll tell you again, the representation of superheroes in that movie will (laughs) make you piss. I do have to go see it. Yeah, It's great. Because it's it's at the $3 theater in uh, North Hollywood. Yeah. uh, Do they do 3D? The worst theater you can go to in Los Angeles. Because I just saw Captain America for the second time. Was it 3D? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to see it in 2D because I want to see it in in both, but it's still in 3D at the cheap theater. uh, And is it just super dark? At that point, is yeah. Like I mean, their projection is shit. I mean, it's the worst theater in Los Angeles. I well, mean, they make you bring your own there. 3D glasses. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's the <laughs> thing that, that's, it, that's hard. It, it is. What is that theater called? The Valley Plaza Six. Valley Plaza Sundays Six. Sundays and Tuesdays, dollar fifty. Dollar fifty. <laughs> By the way, at a dollar fifty, every movie's good. Yeah. Every yeah. movie's good. Yeah. But it is the most hilarious collection of crying babies, people <laughs> shouting, people saying stuff to the screen, but then also people like really getting into it when it gets cool, like, yeah, yeah, get him. You know, you know, and you don't really want that in your $14, $17 theater, but <laughs> if you're a $3 theater, you're like, yeah, everybody talk. Hey, fuck it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> most of the time when they talk, they're, they're into it. Yeah, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. What's yeah. weird is that, is that that's what's going on before the movie even starts, what you just described. <laughs> <laughs> All that happens. That's what makes it a weird exactly. movie experience. I will enjoy a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Some great popcorn. Nailed <laughs> yeah. that trivia. <laughs> now my worst is actually um, it's uh, there's a tie. Gojira might be Gojira. Oh, you know, like a Gojira. No, no, like but Transcendence. Not good. Was not. You, you mean to tell me those are close to the <laughs> same quality of d- dislike? Um, no, they're feel, not. I have a feeling. What I'm feeling, Godzilla's getting a bad rap. You're right. Now I'm a supporter. <laughs> I saw it twice. You're wearing the shirt. <laughs> I mean, you caught, you're I'm right. wearing the shirt. Uh-huh. You caught I'll, me. I'll see you're anything. There's four of. There's 28 of those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you caught me. I, I threw it in there because it yeah. wasn't. It I wasn't the worst. Transcendence sucks a little bit more. It was my biggest disappointment. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. It's not the worst, but it's my What were you expecting, though? Out of Godzilla? No, I mean, I, I understand what you're expecting out of that one. Yeah. Transcendence? I mean, Wally Fister's... Uh, no, uh, Godzilla was on my worst list because it was my biggest disappointment. Uh, That's why I brought Godzilla. Oh, I'm sorry. That, you didn't have yeah. expectations for Transcendence. No, I was yeah. getting late oh, afterwards. I, I didn't did. care. <laughs> Wow, that's transcendent. <laughs> you really didn't care. You really were actually what you were was sure you were getting laid if you took the girl exactly. to that movie. Let's go well, see this. And now we know why he didn't like Godzilla. Something <laughs> happened after that movie that we don't know. Right. <laughs> that we won't ask. Adam one. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, I was excited about the movie. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was the. I, I was pretty disappointed by Godzilla as well. Yeah. Um, I, I was at least expecting just a fun sort of popcorn movie, and yeah. I wasn't even. I didn't even enjoy it that much. It was. It was all right. It was all right. Yeah, it had a lot of gravitas, and I don't think people were going in for gravitas. But I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy how how they just took the point of view of like in every other Godzilla movies these things stomp around cities and do a bunch of shit and then they fight each other and stuff like that but to like dude what if you were in that building so this movie puts you in that building now granted once you're in that building you've got a life you've got a reason you're there you've got parents you've got family you know what I mean once you go there then yes you're going to add what I think most people consider too much gravitas mm -hmm. to everything that surrounds a Godzilla sighting and you're not going to get the best view of the Godzilla. You are going to have the, the doors shut on, on you before, right. before they fight. And you're going to have to catch it on the news. <laughs> and these, these are the things I think frustrated people, but they, they kind of fascinated me. I don't, I don't know if they were the greatest choices, but they were very bold choices, which people ask for but often hate. <laughs> yeah. That being said, no, totally uh, right. why won't they make a bold choice? And then they do it like, eh, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. I listen to the greatest hits. That's right. <laughs> that being said, uh, Andy Serkis' as Godzilla was amazing, wasn't he? Pretty he good, was so right? Good. Pretty he good. Very, very yeah. good. Very good. I mean, when he roared, when he bellowed, I really, I bought it. I felt it was, uh, yeah. What do you got there, Paul? What's your best so I, far? No, Lego Movie. No, I, oh, I you agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was looking for a worst. I, I, I actually forgot to come up with one, and I'm flipping through the shit here to coming up with maybe 300 Rise of an Empire. Did you see that? Not good. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> that time of year, there's like nothing in the theater. Yeah. That's and so I was like, well, you don't have that. to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're Paul, you do. I, yeah. yeah right, right. Come on. Who are you talking to? It's February. We have to go. I was looking right at you yeah. when I said that. I knew it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, now, as a superhero fan, obviously, I'm overjoyed with Captain America, X-Men, even Spider-Man, which people pissed all over, but I was like, ah, what were you expecting? I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's plenty, Spider-Man. That's the, like, the completely forgotten $200 million gross. I know, movie, right? You would think it was a bomb. Yeah. Uh, and uh, by the way, I did go to a, uh, get on a bit of a tangent. You can go to Box Office Mojo and look up the uh, highest opening weekends of all time, because I was looking to see what Transformers did, because there was that little snafu. I don't know if you guys heard the news uh but that th th this is such a weird thing the movie made 97 million dollars in its <laughs> yeah. opening weekend but they reported that it made a hundred and everybody went ape shit and i was like <clears throat> what is wrong with you people like th of course they're gonna put it in the commercial it made a hundred million dollars but anyway you can you can look up the uh it is fascinating what is considered a gigantic bomb that had the exact same opening as something that's considered a major success. Mm. Like Green Lantern had the exact same opening as like one of the X-Men movies that everybody assumes is a huge success. It's it, it, fascinating stuff to, to go through it. And with that, I'm <laughs> off topic. <laughs> draft day sucked too. There yeah. you go. Oh, well, <laughs> that's on. on you. That was about that's the Browns. Hilarious. You knew going in. <laughs> Good point. I told you how it that was, was about end. the oh, but Aside from the superhero movies, the biggest surprise would have to be Twenty Two Jump Street, because that because that was that is that is directed like a Naked Gun movie. That is directed with the and but that's the same director as Lego movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Nick, right? Crazy. So now that's I right. have to see the, I have to see the Lego that's movie because right. I, I was like I was really surprised because it's really rare that someone goes for a sort of Blazing Saddles tone or a Naked Gun type tone and succeeds at all. Right. And uh, they did it and did all kinds. And that movie has all kinds of jokes in it. All yeah. kinds. I enjoyed the first one. That was another surprise for me. It was a surprise. When I saw the trailer, I was like, eh, and then I saw it, and I was like, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Yeah. 
It's it's so funny uh, that the joke in the first one because I did watch the first one before I went to go see the second one. The joke that I, then making fun of Channing Tatum, it's so perfect that everybody falls in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like they, he just has this charm over sure. everybody that everybody's just like gets kind of dreamy. Even guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gambit. <laughs> Gambit in the next X Men movie. Are you an X Men fan? A little bit. I mean, yeah. that's 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 in my top three probably there with Edge of Tomorrow. The uh, Days of Future Past was great. Did you see that? I, did, I have not seen no, it yet. It's really good. Edge of Tomorrow is a great movie to see twice. Yeah. Although... Third time, it sucks. <laughs> Do not see it more than twice, but I will buy the set if there's four of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank it. you. You X-Men, know me. X-Men Days of Future Past totally works because Hugh Jackman is the most interesting. That's why they keep making movies about Wolverine. It's so great. And it's him going back to see the X-Men First Class cast, which was one of the best X-Men movies so there's great. ever been. It was First Class. That movie was fantastic. So take those guys and Wolverine and make the whole movie about them. In. I know, right? In. And they nailed it. And it is a proper sequel to Days of Future or to uh, X-Men First Class, which I was not expecting. I was expecting it to be kind of a melange, uh, a little maybe you know suffer from being neither fish nor fowl. But no, it's a proper sequel to X-Men First Class, which I thought was so cool, mm-hmm. with Wolverine in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, and, and there's one more thing I want to discuss, and then we'll get on to, the, to uh, the next thing I have. But Noah, I'm still trying to figure out what oh, I saw no. when I saw that movie. Oh, I forgot about that one. That How one could of, you? That one came and went. What the hell happened? Oh, you didn't see it. No, it I didn't. I'm just saying. If I you saw it, it, you'd be sitting there going, <laughs> what the fuck did I see? I have no idea what that, that I, movie was absolutely I, mental. Is that in theaters still? Still? I don't, yeah. No. <laughs> so that's the second Noah movie. One was a comedy. One yeah. that did not <laughs> impress anyone. Evan Almighty. Saw the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie is weird. I'm telling it's, you, if you see you will you will not recognize it as a Noah story until there's a flood. Shouldn't that movie have been protested? Like, any religious movie yeah. that comes out that's a little off base, it's like the... And I mean, this was sci-fi off base. I mean, this was... Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's crazy aliens and shit in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, he has, like, friends that are aliens. But here's here's the thing that's interesting. Not a single Christian protest. Are we sure? <laughs> I know. How? Hey, the Mormons said that makes sense. Gloves are off on that time and period, right? Sure. I mean, why not? If there's little things you can, if there's little balls that you can crack open and make fire, why not? Well, if 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 a flood, if water is going to encompass the entire Earth, then that's sci-fi, right? Yeah. So yeah. why can't there be big rock creatures who fight armies? Oh. Wait a minute, was this in Noah? Yes. What also, the hell? The movie's loony. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen it? Okay. Also, spoilers, because you don't give a shit, right? No, I will see it, but I don't give a shit. Okay. At the end of the movie, <laughs> and again, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it. Who cares? Yeah, turn the volume down. Who cares? Uh, I don't think anyone is excited to see Noah when it comes out on DVD. Spoiler alert, <laughs> world floods. No, not that. <laughs> uh, he tries to kill his kid. Or he, 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 try, he tries to, because he feels that God wanted to kill everyone. So once they're on the ship, he's like, all right, here's the pact. I'm going to kill her, and then she's going to kill you, or, or, or whatever. They make a pact, and then they say, and then you kill the little baby. Like, there's a oh, total abortion in the movie, not a single protest. <laughs> Maybe because no one saw it. Yeah, no one no, saw the movie. No shit. It opened number no one. one. I mean, like well, the reason you got to see it to be pissed. The right? reason there was no protest is no one wanted Hobby Lobby to pay for it. <laughs> Zing. There it is. Zing. Bing. Yeah, there it bing, is. All right, bing. let's talk to Mark for a second because uh, I want to ask you uh, the question I ask every guest on the show. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite movie of all time? I knew you were going to ask me that, and because um, we told you in the driveway. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um. I think uh, tonight, it's always one of two. Tonight, tonight. the answer is uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh. Wow. Oh, nice. That's the, that the first, yes? That's that the first for the yeah, show. No yeah, no one's mentioned that. Yeah. There's just so many elements that 
and obviously I'm a huge fan of all of Mel Brooks's movies, but there's yeah. something about this one that it's just so beautiful. There's so much heart in it. And I don't know, and this might be sacrilegious, but I don't know if there's been a better comedy ensemble put mm. together for a movie. When you think of everyone in that movie, I mean, it's just amazing. And it looks so beautiful, and there's moments in it that are very heartwarming that sit right next to, you know, a, real, a, a dick joke or something. That's what's so great about that movie. It's yeah. just, it's got everything. Who puts and, Hackman in their comedy? Oh, man. And he's so great. And, and, and doesn't, and it keeps it a secret. Like, yeah. he wasn't in the opening credits. It's not, but they, I mean, you think about that cast. I mean, first of all, Gene Wilder's performance is, oh. <laughs> that's one that I'm like, I, I get the debate of why aren't, you know, comic actors ever nominated for an Academy Award. That performance mm. of, as uh, Frankenstein is, <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> but to think of like everyone in the movie: Madeline Kahn, oh. uh, uh, Marty Feldman, Cloris Leachman, Terry Gar, Peter yeah. Boyle. It's like my God, this was just again for all you twenty-year-olds who know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's just an amazing, wonderful, funny, beautiful film. And because I, oh, yeah. oh no, okay. I, I love the parody, and I don't know if it's a parody. I think it's a parody of King Kong actually when he brings the creature to New York to show to everybody. And then uh, it turns into the putting on the Ritz. Yes, uh-huh, right, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Just, it's just amazing, this grandeur of he's going to show this creation to the world. And what he shows them that it can do is mm-hmm. intense. Which was a huge fight between Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. That scene even made it into oh, really? the final film. Mel Brooks basically told Gene, like, we have this amazing, very wonderful, beautiful film. I don't want to make it silly by putting in this put on the Ritz number oh. and then Gene Wilder like on the verge of tears was saying we have to have it in and Mel Brooks said when I saw you cry I knew I should put it in because you were that passionate about mm-hmm. it and of course it's the most talked about scene in the, in the entire movie but yeah that's my pick and if it were tomorrow night what would your favorite movie be <laughs> uh, if it were tomorrow night it might be The Jerk <gasps> that is a perfect movie so and then if it was uh, Friday night mm-hmm. no uh, <laughs> it's usually among it's usually what's your Sunday morning favorite d- movie <laughs> Uh, no one. <laughs> no. Uh, for every uh, <laughs> zing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, wait, I want to call you on something for a yeah, second because yeah. you said you get the idea that comic actors are nominated for Oscars, mm-hmm. but you don't, right? What do you mean? You don't get that. I don't get that. But you think comic should actors be. should no, be nominated they should. for Oscars? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Right. I, I meant. But like, you're like, I, I get that. I don't. I, but you don't get it. Right. Exactly. You're pissed, right? I'm Yo, pissed. Definitely. We're all pissed. Definitely. This, it is weird. Yeah. And people are like, "Well, this should be a comedy uh, category." No. No. The actors should be in there. It's a performance. With, I know. Yeah. And it's hard. It's it's hard to Comedy's, do. Comedies. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> Steve Martin, all of me. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Steve Martin, Roxanne. Yep. Eddie Murphy, Nutty Professor. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a great sure. performance. Sure. Mm-hmm. That is a good talk performance. Talk about heart. Talk about two different characters. And heart. Before to he was do. doing like 100 characters. Yeah. Well, not, that's not true. He was doing 100 characters. De Niro characters can't pull that. that off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while, you know, like you get your, I mean, Diane Keaton and Annie Hall, and, you know, every once in a while someone goes in there. But, man, yeah, the, they, re- they, the they, respectable they, comedy. They miss, well, they, they miss a lot. They miss a the lot. The one I went through year. the roof on was Kevin Klein for A Fish Called Wanda. When he won that over all the other stuff he performed, I think, like Alec Guinness for Little Dorrit or whatever. <laughs> when he won, I just went through the roof. That was the greatest. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy who's funny a lot, so that was cool. But again, comedians winning doesn't happen enough. Doesn't happen at all. And also, Kevin Klein, obviously, he's already he'd already been nominated for many dramatic roles, too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, they do that sort of thing of like, okay, maybe we should have given it to you for this, but we're going to give it to you for your body of work, but we're going to give it to you for the comedy for your body of work. Yeah, and right. what's overstated, of course, is that the comedians get it for 
not being funny. Robin Williams or Good Will oh, Hunting yeah. or that kind of thing, right? But and sometimes the performances are exactly the same. I mean, if you look at any of Leslie Nielsen's work <laughs> back in you know when he was like playing cops yeah. on TV Forbidden shows, yeah. they're exactly the same as Frank <laughs> Drebin <laughs> <laughs> on Naked Gun, and that's what makes Naked Gun so amazing is because yeah. of how straight he's playing it. And the Zucker brothers are like, that's why we cast him. It wasn't because. We thought he was a funny comedian. It's because we needed someone to play the part the way Leslie Nielsen played his cops back in the drama <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah. And it's just, that's yeah, why it's so great. The producers of Airplane wanted all the classic comedians. Yeah. They wanted Dom DeLuise and, you know, uh-huh. all, all uh-huh. these See, it's that, it's that Robert going back Stack. To, <laughs> I know. Amazing. <laughs> Not today. Going back to uh, Young Frankenstein, it's that reverence for the genre that's missing. In a lot, like when someone tries to do, True. we got a bunch of jokes. We're spoofing mm-hmm. a, we're yeah, spoofing right. a whatever a genre. We're spoofing a teen movie or whatever. I mean, uh, that's probably the best of all those bad movies. But there, there's no reverence for the genre where they really present it. They right. just kind of crap on it, and make a bunch of pop culture jokes mm-hmm. of the moment jokes, and the movie's forgotten in a week. But uh, yeah, Young Frankenstein will live forever. That is a interesting thing that I said that one of the few post Zucker even Zucker uh, you know the movie movie era of parody movies where it has to make sure you know from the very top it's a parody movie full of jokes you know we'll put the word movie movie in it <laughs> but the not another teen movie has this great reverence for John Hughes which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons that yeah that's why I didn't want to bring that one up because you had mentioned that yeah <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. it but it's yeah. good I like yeah I, I mean it, it, yeah. It, it, I hear that one's good yeah Kate Blanchett won last year Kate Blanchett Oh, for oh. Blue Jasmine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not a funny movie, though, was it? Oh, yeah. Is it? Oh, for sure. But not okay. a comic I haven't actress. seen it. No. no. Every clip I, they've shown me of her performance is her breaking down and being insane. But, but is it, it's funny. But when, in the context of the yeah. movie, her breaking down is hysterical. Yeah, it's pretty okay. funny. It's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I need to see that. Until the end. <laughs> <laughs> Where she kills the baby. Because. Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the world floods. Yeah. But, um. So let's talk about, have you, uh, now with all the people, the folks you've worked with, do you uh, have any plans to make a movie? Um, I, if, unless I'm cut out, I might be in one coming out in November called Beyond the Lights. Uh, it is uh, Nate Parker, and I forget the woman's name, but she was just in this critically acclaimed movie called Bell. Her name is... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I know oh the gosh. movie and Jamie Goo- soon. Yes, Goo Goo Thank you. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, I'm say what, one more time. <laughs> Goo Goo Mabatha Ra. Yeah. The greatest name I've ever I'm heard. I'm surprised um, you couldn't remember that. I know, right? Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. Um, so, um, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So that should be fun. The, uh, um, the, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about, about this. The big thing coming up is, oh, so so for anybody who doesn't know in the uh, audience, uh, Ithamar Has Nothing to Say mm-hmm. is a show that you, about a year ago, I guess now, right? Yeah, a year ago, I, I did a, I performed a show called Ithamar Has Nothing to Say. It's Silent a, show. Yeah, it's it's a solo show. It's a solo, the, the best way to describe it is it's a one-man sketch show where I never say a word. So it's all physical. Uh, the entire so show great. is physical, and it's it's had a really fun run here in LA, the live version, and now we're turning it into a web series Yeah, uh, produced by Key and Peele, and um, we're kind of working on that right now. This is so great. So, it, is it, this a la Mr. Bean type? Yeah, sort of, yeah. yeah. It, but it, it, the, the live show's a bunch of sketches. In the web series, I will play the same character in every, every episode. Gotcha. Uh, but the live show is um, just a bunch of different sketches sort of done to music, and it's all physical, and there's scenes where I play multiple characters or where I just play one character. 
the live show is going to go back up at Second City here in Hollywood starting in August and going all the way to uh, Christmas around uh, Christmas. And you must go see it if you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, please, please do. And hopefully by then we'll have the some of the webisodes ready as well. So cool. it's a thrilling show. Oh, thanks. Man. It is. It is. It's it is a high wire act. Because you know, of course, from the concept is you're not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And as a maybe just me as an audience member who's seen quite a few shows, the question is like, how are you going to pull this off? How is this actually going to work? And it as it just keeps working and keeps working and keeps calling back to itself, it's just it's like you're walking the high wire act on the show, and then you're doing it on one foot, and then you're doing it on <laughs> one toe, and then you're doing it on your pinky toe, and then you're doing it on your pinky finger. And then the show's over, and it's just thrilling. Thank I have you. a question. Yeah, yes, it's really it's unique. Do you say anything? I don't say a word. <laughs> I don't okay. say a single word. Have you improvised this show ever? Um, I haven't improvised the show. It's all scripted. Right. But there, with this new one coming up, there is going to be an improvised element. Because I didn't think writing a silent show was hard enough. So now <laughs> I'm trying to pull off a way to... Uh, so the uh, show opens. Uh-huh. You come out. Mm-hmm. Say nothing. Yeah, show but begins. he does stuff. Yeah, I'm, I, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to put into. I drive a car on stage for an hour and a half. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> Is there a unicycle? Like, no, so no you're, juggling. So you're <laughs> guys and you discuss movies. <laughs> Wait a minute. And you're guys? Oh, I forgot to tell you. There's also a cast of forty who have tons of dialogue. <laughs> oh, right, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Did I not mention that? All right, fine. I'm doing Grease at the Amundsen, and I'm calling it a one-man but show no, where I say no words. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, I just didn't know if there was a, a context set. It's literally silence. Yep. That's very impressive. I don't say a single word. Wow. Yeah, when he remounts it, we all got to go. Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Very I impressive. need to see this. It's, you know, it's it's a, what's what's so fun about it is I'm so, as much of my references have showed, I'm such a lover of all, anything old school, especially when it comes to comedy. So to be able to bring back something, I'm such a huge fan of Chaplin, yeah. Keaton, you know, Mr. Bean, even... Uh, one thing that I keep citing is Steve Martin's performance in All of Me. I mean, the physicality of that performance is amazing. and um, He should have won s- two Oscars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's fun to see the reaction of people seeing this that is really such an old art form and uh, people getting really excited about it. And, you know, so it's, 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 I really, really l- love doing it. And, um, yeah, if you get a chance, please come on by and check it out. And was that the gold? Like, I'm going to do a Chaplin-esque thing? Or were you already kind of doing bits and were like, well, you know, I kind of don't need to, to speak to do this. And then that sort of co-heased with I had, it, you know. I had always loved the physical sketches. Like, when I was doing uh, Second City um, in Chicago, a lot of the scenes I brought in were kind of like the silent bits but that's one among a two-hour sketch show where obviously there's regular sketches so i think i got to a point where i'm like well i've done a lot of those separately can i pull this off where it's me by myself and doing it and um i'm up for a good challenge if it's going to be fun and this has been so much fun and now that it's turning into this other thing it's it's so much fun now to explore more of what it can be and 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 finding you know when you just when you thought like all right I, i came up with 45 minutes that was really tough then the more I do, I'm like, oh, wow, I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could do about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Wow. People probably don't want to see that. I probably <laughs> can't physically accomplish that because it's very tiring to just do 45 minutes. But uh, it's fun now to think of other things that you can do with that type of Yeah, concept. well, now your mind can kind of go in that direction. Because now you're writing new content for the for the ones that Key and Peel are producing, right? Uh, yes, some of it will be some of the stuff I did on stage. 
with other content surrounding it. Yeah. That'll have like a slight narrative. And then for the the remount of the show, there's also going to be new scenes that if you saw the show the first time around, it's going to be new to you as well. In what so. I consider a stroke of marketing genius on your part, you've not once used the word mime. Right, because oh. and I want to, and, and it's very that'll I, send people for the sure exit. no, and a lot of people, a lot of people think that's what it is. Like you know, it, it's hard to describe the show because a lot of people think, well, is it mime? Is it clowning? And it's neither. It mm-hmm. is exactly. So what that. would it, be it, the it, difference it, then? Because um, um, both mimes and clowns, it's a very specific art form, and this is literally as if it is a sketch show. Yeah, where in every sketch. The character is just not. There's no, there's no underlying this. philosophy. It's yeah. just you know. And you say nothing. I say, I say a word. <laughs> oh, oh, no, what, you know what? Lee's, Lee's having a tough time. For our podcast <laughs> listeners and for Lee, go ahead and do a scene. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Oh, now see, I get it. Okay, see? yeah, it yeah. makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Great. Uh, so yeah, it's a very specific. Um, it's like you know, like Mr. Bean. When you, when you when you when you watch Mr. Bean, it, you wouldn't say it's miming. You wouldn't say it's like a circus clown. No, the reason I'm curious it, is, do you have props? Oh yeah, there's a oh, few I things that are just you alone on a stage. No, I didn't say it was pantomime. I mean, it's, it's me, not. It's a one man show. It's more has nothing to do. <laughs> it's more has nothing to say. Right, right, right. Well, there's not a lot oh, of props. Even, even props, there's probably like at the most three props yeah. on okay. stage. But for whatever reason, I just envisioned you alone on a stage, <laughs> not miming, but physically being funny. Lee, gotcha. you're going. I'm going. Yeah. I, I have to go now. You have to go. Yeah, exactly. And I would pay for that. Yeah. Although you'll put us on the list. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, I would also. I would also like to say. Uh, and sometime I would like to have, I, I would like to have, I'm going to have Brian Shortall on the show mm-hmm. as well. Never heard of him. Okay. Uh, but there's a show called Delicious Moments. Mm-hmm. Continue. Which if you've ever ordered a pizza, sometimes they will come in a box mm. that says Delicious Moments on it, mm-hmm. which is really funny. It makes mm-hmm. me laugh every time I see that pizza box. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I, I took a picture. Uh, I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> uh, okay. What I was going to say. Was, and scene. <laughs> Oh, no, no. So anyway, deli- Adam has delici- to delicious, <laughs> delicious moments is also a very genre bending. That is that is yes. anti improv. Yes. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell the audience because you're doing the show every other week at the Second City yes, as well? Yeah. I'd so, like to plug this because this is some of my favorite improv I've ever seen, and it breaks the rules in the most wonderful way. If you think you've seen improv and you think you're tired of improv, <laughs> go see Delicious Moments and you realize, okay, there's a lot more you could do with improv. Uh, Delicious Moments, which is a show, I actually, obviously, I do know Brian Shortall, and the sh- it's a show that we've been doing now for about four years, and um, that's a hard one to describe, too, because it it, it's the way, the best way to describe it is it's as if you're watching two kids playing in the backyard where <laughs> the rules... Uh, you know, are made don't up as apply. You go along. Yeah. yeah, like we we just have such a fun time bending everything. We barely even get a suggestion, but it's all improvised. You know, we break the fourth wall. We play different characters. We comment on ourselves. We take it to different worlds, different realities, and it's just such a fun deconstructive show. And, and especially the rules of improv. Don't deny. You guys deny constantly. <laughs> but you know what you're doing, right? Well, the you thing don't... is, I mean, because, yeah, people will always say, well, you're breaking the rules. And it's like, well, we're breaking some of the some of the rules. But the one rule that we are obeying is the most important rule, which is yes and. You and are that yes Everything and is correct. So if in the middle of a scene, Brian says, oh, actually, we're in heaven now. Then it's like, great, we're in heaven. But and now we'll start playing like we're in heaven. Yeah, but then also you'll stitch that into the show in that, well, now you can always deny <laughs> if, if you're going to heaven right. or whatever. Right. It makes up his own rules. Uh, an- another great wrong. way to... Really uh, fun. One of the best sort of um, 
compliments we got, which was not a direct compliment, but something that someone did during the show was we were performing and there was a guy in the fourth row and he was laughing hysterically. And this was while we're on stage. This is what I heard from stage. I'll just do it. And this was the best way to describe the show. He's going, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> and that was the, that's the best way. It's someone who has, is having such a good time, yeah. but doesn't know why, doesn't know what's happening. There's a little bit of fear there, yeah. but it's all, but he's having an amazing time. And that's essentially what the show is. He's You'll laugh and have a wonderful time, even though you can't really describe what we're doing on stage. Yes. Highly recommended mm-hmm. as well. I also do a lot of regular stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> just, besides, weird, no, be, just weird besides, shit. Yeah, yeah. Besides shows where I don't speak and other shows where you don't know what's going on. Right. If you were to get cast in a television show, you would speak. You would say words that are in the script, right? Oh, if I no, was. Of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. In case anyone was listening. There's one show that right. you do. Yeah, right, right. One thing. Especially if there was a script and they hired him to say those things. Uh, yes. right, exactly. Right, exactly. Right. All right. Let's uh, fire up a round of. What did you see this week? So I ask, what did you see this Ooh, week? What did I see? What came out last week? I will lead with uh, Monday night. I went to that thing that everyone says went around on Monday night. Uh, the Sorry. IMAX first look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you went to that? Yeah. So Ooh. it was 18 minutes of the movie and the debut of the new trailer that's now online. And it was a great package because the 18 minutes were about, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy are all criminals, right? So the the scene that we yes. saw was in IMAX 3D was a jailbreak for the, all the criminals. Oh, okay. And then it followed immediately into this new trailer, which reminds you that from this jailbreak, we're going to have this huge space opera, right? Yeah. With uh, all these characters it's, and spaceships and this huge thing. Star Wars stuff. I hope that movie's going to be great. The, the scene I saw, the footage I saw, lends itself to, to being great. Rocket Raccoon, right? Rocket Raccoon. Will steal the show. Yeah. It, it looks like he will. Voiced by Bradley and Cooper. he does, yeah. Yeah. It's such a great balls move. I love Marvel Studios. I mean, I'm, uh, of course, I'm an avowed superhero adaptation, you know, live action sort of thing. But just to throw down the gauntlet of like, yeah, 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 we've taken our most popular characters. We've taken Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, and these are no-brainers, which they weren't. Those, those could have all failed on huge levels and not given us the Avengers because they were all just a bad idea. But to just throw down the gauntlet and go, and now we're going to do, ooh, who? Ant-Man? Someone else I've heard of? Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Take that, bitches. Like, you know... Like, DC can't get off a Green Lantern movie, which is one of their most popular characters. We're going to take guys you've never heard of, and we're going to nail it. I'm so excited. I yeah. mean, they're just so ballsy as a studio. I love it. Love it. Yeah, it was tons of fun. The, the lines were, you know, right on. It was just about what I expected. Dave Batista uh, playing the character that he plays. Who is that? The, uh, the blue... Drax the Destroyer. Drax. <laughs> we'll see. I had no idea his character was so interesting. Well, I hope he can pull it off. You know, uh, you know, coming from wrestling, I hope he can be the character who like doesn't speak and met or understand metaphor. Like he's deeper than you think he than being just a big mm-hmm. bundle of muscle. So I hope he can pull. But that every out one of them all. has a joke level they're played on as well, yeah. because they're very distinct personalities. The Pratt, Rocket, Zoe, Saldana, they'll all be great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and it looked and it was it was really good. And IMAX, I'm sold on the IMAX 3D too. When I see this movie, I will see it then because it it got bigger in being that way. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, I, the great thing about IMAX 3D is they turn it, turn the lights all the way up. They yep. turn, they turn the projector all the way up. 
That's what your six so, bucks get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The extra yeah. six. The extra yeah. lights. <laughs> they, they turn the sound all the way up, and they turn the uh, projector all the way up. So that's nice. Opposite note, I also saw Tammy, so don't do that. Oh, okay. It, it, <laughs> okay, I need to ask you about that, because I, I do want to see it, and I know it's going to be bad, but is it not even funny for her? You can't even take It's Melissa just vamping, right? It's just vamping. That's <laughs> all it is. It's just like they've got they, a line for her that's not that great, and so she, she milks it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah you can tell there's a lot of that. And then halfway through, Kathy Bates comes in and gives a fantastic performance, as she mm. always does. Most of the time now, in that type of role, too. She's not a lead anymore. She comes in as a supporting role. And, like, she brings pain and gravitas and all this stuff to the to the situation of being this lesbian who owns a dog food chain who is, like, a cousin or something of uh, Susan Sarandon. Does who, she keep who, her top Who does on? not work as the grandma, as we discussed. Yeah, but she delivers this monologue about how Tammy's supposed to look for something important in life. But she's also super funny because she loves to shoot off fireworks and she's a big old lesbian. <laughs> and so she does all that in like her 10 minutes and the rest of the movie just doesn't know what else to do with the other hour and a half, sadly. Does yeah. Kathy Bates keep her top on? Yeah. Great. Okay. It's not, not about Schmidt. <laughs> but, um, well, but she was so great. But then the problem is she tells Tammy, you need to get your life together. And then she proceeds to do nothing. Like She doesn't even attempt. Like You're not even from that moment following to see if she gets... Whatever goal she has, she has no goals. There's no nothing. The movie's <laughs> floundering. Sadly, it's it's not that good. Despite uh, the talent involved, I'm not gonna see that movie. Yeah. Oh, everyone's looking at me. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something else. I keep going. Well, I saw something too. I'm, Does I you had Mar have something to say? Uh, <laughs> but I do. Uh, see I do. what I did there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, uh, last movie theater movie I saw was Obvious Child. Oh, yeah, that played uh, at the Phoenix Film Fest. I'm wearing these shirts. Oh, okay. Phoenix Film Fest. We introduced that, but I didn't get to see it because we had to go introduce another film. It was great. What is obvious, John? It was, it's a uh, Jenny Slate. And uh, speaking of abortion, it's yeah. that's not a spoiler in the movie. You you know going in, it's just one of these really great sort of sweet independent movies that are just it's just really good. It's just a solid. 85 minutes of a great movie like it's and the performance was amazing like I had only known Jenny Slate from a very short run on SNL and a few guest spots here and there um but she it was an amazing performance and the movie was 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 quirky and sweet and uh bittersweet and very funny and uh yeah I enjoyed it (laughs) and then also um my girlfriend had never seen Clue so I showed her clue. Uh-oh, hold on. Turn to your <laughs> left. Turn to your left. What's that? We just had a moment Uh-oh. two weeks oh, ago. No. <laughs> What's happening? Her this favorite movie. This is her favorite oh, movie of all time. All time. Well, yeah. did, did you know Jill Benjamin put on a I live did. I performance? I saw that, and oh, it was amazing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah. This, this got revealed two weeks ago, and yeah. she screamed when yeah. Jill said that was her favorite I've just, movie. I've been waiting for the day for the person sure. to say So what's, what's it like to introduce a new person to Clue? Uh, it was amazing. Speaking of ensembles. Oh, that's what I was going to say. One of my other favorite you know, ensembles, Madeline Kahn, the one that's in both, Young Frankenstein and Clue. Um it's always great to, to do that because then it's that thing of like, oh, I forgot that that happens. And yeah. also like, oh, that's going to happen. I can't wait to see her reaction. And yeah. uh, she loved it and I loved it. It's just, it's a great movie. And and I realized too while you're watching it, because at, at first we were, you know, she was concerned that she was missing like the actual like information. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like no. that's the last thing you have to worry about for <laughs> Clue. Clue is all about the performances and the comedy 
who did what really doesn't matter. Like, it's just, the movie's just so great. And who know? did it depends on where you see exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you have the DVD. In 1986. Then you get all three, all three <laughs> endings. And the, the funny thing about that, and as you were talking about the ensemble for Young Frankenstein, and we, we, we briefly touched on it in the show, the clue is an amazing sort of best of ensemble that you'd swear had all performed somewhere else because there's some yeah. Mel Brooks people, there's some mm-hmm. Spinal Tap, yeah. there's some, uh, you know, uh, I, there's just like people from uh, various, other, you know, there's someone from Rocky Horror and yeah. like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's uh, yeah. Hey, and it's right cool. when you're like, oh, that's my favorite uh, character in the movie. Someone else says something. You're like, oh, I forgot that like yeah. this person's doing that in the movie. It's just, it's amazing. <sighs> I saw a Go couple ahead. films. Wait, wait, no, I oh, wait. Let me do mine because I, I we're gonna do it. We're gonna be thing, quick think, about it because oh, okay. we're running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, first of all, I just want to say Woody Allen has a new film coming out two weeks called Magic in the Moonlight. I saw oh, it in okay. advance. Colin Firth plays a skeptic who is invited to see Emma Stone it's like in 1928 who is a seer and she oh. can communicate with the dead and all that and he's like in not the time of Houdini any, right yeah like, and he's yeah. not going to have any of it and he's going to go and debunk her and then a whole story happens and Woody Allen's kind of breaking out of the every other movie is good Star Trek curse that he had going on for yeah, a while yeah, these are two in a row that are good because Jasmine was really good and yeah, this is this is really good too one. and one th- the, the dialogue is excellent you know, again, he's writing about something he's never written about before, like magic and spiritualism and all this stuff. But he he's, he nails how well it's written. I mean, he's nominated for a script like every year. Who's seems. the lead in the movie? Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Yeah, who is fantastic. Okay. Um, but it, it, the the bonus is, and and he's, I don't know how often he does this, or if I'm just overlooking when he does it. And perhaps everybody overlooks how great he is at recreating place and, and time. Mm. The the vistas in this are gorgeous. It's all in Europe again because he's loving these. Uh, I'm going to shoot a movie in Europe. Loving so I get not being a free, free vacation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it looks gorgeous, and the costumes and sets and t- uh, place and time are all amazing as they were in Midnight in Paris for part of the movie. Here you get all the movie in this uh, gorgeous time period, and it's funny, you know. And it's and there's a good mystery in it too. So there's all sorts of fun. It, uh, it's a two in a row for him. Right. Well, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the one, but <laughs> the 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 first one I'll t- touch on briefly is her. I finally saw her. Oh, oh. I gotta see this. And um, not the movie I expected, but <laughs> his favorite phrase. I say this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the, actually the movie I expected. Wait, but Scarlett was, Johansson wasn't a voice <laughs> in the thing. I mean, that's what the trailer said. What do you mean? You're you're getting a little too <laughs> off on your fucking catchphrase. <laughs> Um, the movie I expected. It what, was the Scarlett movie. I ex- Johansson wasn't in his computer. Yeah. I was <laughs> expecting this, but it was played out in a very different way. First of all, Amy Adams is in it for maybe eight, eight minutes, nine minutes. I, I anticipated there to be this kind of battle between her and his affection between Adi- Amy Adams, who's a real person, and this computer, her? and that, that didn't play out with her. Um, but the biggest point I want to make is that I found um, Scarlett Johansson's voice not distracting, but because we know who Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson is, we all have that image of this gorgeous woman in your head when she's talking to him. And so you didn't get a chance to kind of create your own vision of what this this Samantha would look like. And so, yeah, you kind of fall in love with that because it's Scarlett Johansson. And then all of a sudden, Brian Cox's voice shows up, which takes me completely out of the moment. I think they missed an opportunity to cast just completely unknown voices in that and let the, the viewer kind of create their own image of what this... And that would give us a more real uh, experience of what it must be like to fall in love with an OS. But if you have that idea of Scarlett Johansson, we in all want to screw Scarlett yeah. Johansson already. So it's already yeah. you're, you're kind of halfway there anyway. Well, I heard right? they shot the film with Samantha Morton Samantha. first, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. And then they replaced it. Was it. Known, but yeah. 
So that was that was She's my known, but you don't want to fuck her as much. No, and I do want to. <laughs> I do want to see it again. I, I watched it with my family, um, and have you? Has everyone seen it? I have not. It's a little esoteric, right? It's a little. Yeah. What's well, a Spike Jones movie? Yeah, yeah, and full on. And so right away, I could yeah. tell the Caius clan wasn't quite on board. <laughs> they weren't having it. <laughs> we weren't on board with it. So. And it was an afternoon on a Sunday, so you know there wasn't like a movie moment. But I could just sense this kind of what the fuck is this? Like hovering behind me from four people. So it was, kind of took me out of the moment. I want to go and kind of like focus on it and not worry about you know the the they have a, there's a scene where he has um, phone sex with her, kind of like in this weird chat room. I don't need to have that with my mom and dad sitting behind yeah. me, right? I just need yeah. to focus on the movie and get with the message. But I enjoyed it. Now the other one I saw is just what you wanted to get to, Paul. Maybe next time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Because I have a feeling we're going to go on and on and on. Here, about here's the one I'm going to get into next time. I watched every Transformers movie this week. God, is that depressing. <laughs> now, I love a, a good lead up to a movie. You know, like the, I haven't seen Transformers 4 yet, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, but I watched the first three. <sighs> Those movies are single use. You're just meant to watch those movies. Yeah, I, I haven't seen them. Like a single version of movies. Like single They're single movies. Single movies. Thank you. We've nailed it. We're, our job is done. Great. We have we have we have established a name for what the hell Michael Bay is doing. Singles. <laughs> because I because I own the only reason I own the Transformers movies is because I found them at, at Blockbuster for like you know a couple bucks. Like whenever Blockbuster would have used movies, I would go through and I go, ah, I'd watch Transformers again, and I never did. I just own them. So now Transformers Four is coming out. I'm like, ah. Here's my thing, you know, Planet of the Apes. Let's watch all the movies. <sighs> I had so much more fun watching the Transformers cartoon, like as a lead up, uh, than uh, than uh, those movies are single use. Yeah, I, what what is going on in those? I, I'll cover this next week. But <laughs> what is happening with Transformers? Who are all you're gonna these, go until next week? Who are all these people <laughs> in my Transformers movies, and what are they doing? I was sat. I was sitting in front of the Burbank 16 on a bench, and they had the giant poster for Transformers there. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, there's big picture Optimus Prime, and I just can't tell what expression he's making. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly have no idea what because they didn't what get their Andy faces Circus to do. Right. That's right. Ah, that's exactly. Full it. circus. Right. We've gone full we circus. Go. The show has gone Five. full circus. Oh, okay. <laughs> Family Five. circus. Uh, what? Yeah, fine. I didn't uh, do it. <laughs> it's time for five questions for other guests. Uh, we have five questions compiled here for guests who are not with us, but uh, Ithmar is here, so we'll put them to him and see if he can't come up with a good answer for mm -hmm. these questions. We'd love to ask some, uh, you know, some uh, folks that these questions are for. But Ithmar, let me ask you: Now that there's no more music, what are you listening to? Mm. Um, myself. But you have nothing to say. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. So I have nothing to listen to. Um, uh, just, you know. Are you fine with the state of music today? It, I'm, uh, you know, uh, what, what is music, right? That's deep, man. Thanks. Wow. That's good. Thank wow. you. <laughs> Thank now, you. That's a good more. question, too. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now that the Supreme Court has deemed that you are a, corpor uh, a corporation, mm -hmm. are indeed a person... What do you, a corporation, plan to do next? Well, uh, I uh, plan to just, you know, make it simple. Get back to um, to my old apple cart on the corner <laughs> and uh, sell old school corporation, old school, <laughs> and sell apples. Um, but will deny my employees birth control. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, yeah. oh right, great, great, yeah. very deep, very deep. Mm -hmm. Thank you for picking up on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, now that you've left the view, um, what are your future plans? 
I'm going back to 2020. Um, uh. <laughs> They're bringing that back on the air. Mm-hmm. You're just uh, yeah. not going to retire, are you? <laughs> I'm not. I, I I'm, I'm going to do t- uh, 2020. Uh, it's going to be called 2020 er, and that'll be the the, the reboot of that. Yeah. Twenty and twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, having just returned from a tour of the set of Star Wars Episode Seven, we have to ask, what did you see? A lot of guys dressed in uh, green suits with ping pong balls on them. <laughs> so not as much practical effects as we thought. Not as digital. Not, not as many. No. Now, in your views, did you? Will there be an alien whose costume is green suits with ping pong balls on them? Uh <laughs> I'm not able to get that information, no, 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 but the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's ballsy. Lousy, com- ballsy. Ping pong ballsy. <laughs> and Ithamar, what was the real reason you stormed off the set of CNN? And please end your answer by storming off our show. Are you seriously going to ask me that right now? You're seriously going to ask me that yeah, right no, now? I want to know. We've had such a nice time. There's You're just attacking me. All these questions are just attacking me. He's telling me he can't believe there's a show where I can't say anything. We're trying You're to asking the me that question. You're asking about me. I can't believe this. You just don't, you don't, you don't want, you have a problem with this? You have a problem with the truth? I'm going. Where are you going? I'm going. Maybe you have too much to say. Huh? Maybe you have too much to say. He took your movies. He took the apes. Now, hold on a second. How am I supposed to ramp up for Planet of the Apes? And he's gone, just like that. He stormed off. All right, well... I can't leave this garage door. Oh, we'll open that. We'll open that. It'll be awkward when we stand next to you and open it because you just stormed off, but it'll happen. Wait a second. (laughs) Oh, there's a door. There you go. There he's gone. Okay. Uh, Well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys as well as on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn. All that shit. <laughs> Thanks to Ithamar Enriquez. Yay, I guess. Ithamar. Fucking left. Uh, Ithamar. We had to grill him. We had you to have grill a Twitter him. handle you want to plug? Uh, yeah, it's at, at Ithamar Enriquez. At Ithamar Enriquez. Ooh, he was the first. No ones, no dashes, no underscores. <laughs> no other Ithamar Enriquez's. <laughs> Jumped in there. Thanks to Jamie Clark Elvington for minding the board and chiming in when we screw up. And to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. Next week, a big three-movie week as we preview a whole bunch of new stuff. Join us then. Thanks. <laughs>